We have Kevin Kurz with us from The Athletic here. And first things first, of course, I ask everybody this when talking to him. How have you been killing your time during the quarantine? <laughs> Any good beer recommendations? Any binge-worthy TV shows worth of note? I've been sticking to whiskey because it's a little bit, you know, a bottle of whiskey lasts longer than, uh, <laughs> or in, in, in theory, it should. Um, <laughs> I started watching Ozark, which is pretty good. Um, I, I also started rewatching The Sopranos, and I made it through two seasons of that, and that show really holds up well. Okay, see, now, you're the second one to bring up Ozark. I talked to Jonathan Becker a couple of weeks ago. He brought up Ozark. I got four episodes in, and it's did it did it drag at first, and it gets better because I'm yeah I'm at the, I'm like towards the end of season one. It picked up towards the end of season one. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So I'm not even through the first season of it yet. But. Okay, yeah, it was kind of dragging for me, and I love Jason Bateman. Don't get me wrong, but it's like yeah. pick up the pace here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know I walk downtown to Campbell. I I run into Randy Hahn, and and I also see Jimmy Bono. Uh, I've run into him a couple times. Uh, they both live in my neighborhood here, so. Um, have, have hockey conversations with those guys from six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> all getting takeout from the same places. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, you've had some recent articles on the athletic that I want to get into. Uh, first off, and this kind of goes with what we were just talking about, just did a piece where uh, Sharks coaches, players were offering their suggestions for takeout. And is there a place that was mentioned to you that you've like, since tried or planned to based on their recommendations i i want to try that five five line pizza which is uh owned and operated by um the sharks team chef uh guy miles miles mcintee if i'm I'm, I'm getting that name right um doug wilson mentioned that place but i've heard somebody else another friend of mine saw it on there too and told me i had to try it so um, i'm going to take her advice uh so that might be next up on the list was there any place? Because I, when I read the article, I'm like, "How does Bebo's not get a mention?" Where there, there's some. I know place- Brent Burns likes that place. He's mentioned that to me before, just in conversation. Uh, but he oh, got he got back to me too late. I shot him a Twitter message, and he got back to me a couple of days too late, so I couldn't include him in the piece. But um, I know he likes that place. Yeah. I was going to say, was there any places that you're like, God, I can't believe they didn't mention this place because they're always talking about it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I live by the prune yard, so there's a couple of good places in there. Or, Orchard City Kitchen. I, I know I know some of the guys like it in there. I think when I actually think that's the place when Joe Pavelski was back with Dallas. I think that's where they went. Uh, a group of them to Orchard City Kitchen, which is a, another place that I like. Yep, love the prune yard. Had some good times at Rock Bottom back in the day. Decent beer selection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you also surveyed sharks fans on like their optimism and their confidence in the franchise and some of the recent decisions uh any surprises in the response there did it kind of fall like eh, it's about where i thought it would be it was interesting um you know hurdle i know hurdle i'd have to go back and look i know hurdle was the most popular player which was not surprising to me well i feel like he's kind of he kind of emerged especially this season and last season. I think he was the best forwarder on the team last season. Um, Maybe the whole all-star performance had a little to do with it as well. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, You know, not really surprised about – well, there was one that was surprised me. What was it? I don't quite remember. Was it that Burns didn't get more votes? 
more votes for favorite player. Yeah, yeah, I thought Burns was a little more popular, I guess, with the people that I reply. But, you know, the people that read our site are, and I'm not saying this to gloat or anything, but, you know, the people that pay for our site are the people that I think are a little bit more in tune with the hockey aspect. And I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but they're more in tune with the, you know, the um, ins and outs of the game itself. Whereas I think there's a lot, there's a big portion of the fan base, particularly here, and I'm not judging, but particularly here, they're more, they just want to see the team win. They're not going to follow the, the the ins and outs of the systems or the, you know, who's on the fourth, who's playing fourth line wing or, um, you know, that, that sort of stuff. So I think our audience is a little bit more in tune with the fact that, you know, Burns didn't have a very good year defensively especially, and, and he's never been the most defensively uh, adept player. So um, that was one that surprised me. Yeah, I thought that uh, more fans might want to see him at forward because I think that's a conversation you can have. And as a matter of fact, I was talking to another coach who's currently with another team that told me, I thought when they got Carlson, they were going to move Burns back to forward, and it didn't happen. Um, so you know that's a conversation that's still, I think, uh, ongoing. And, and I think – you know, now we're at the point where that's a legitimate conversation is should you maybe move Brent Burns back to forward next season, depending on who's here. I was going to say the lack of depth on the right wing almost makes it mandatory to try it, despite the fact that he's, I believe, vocally come out and said more than a few times that he prefers defense. But He has said that, yeah. And I think people overrate his effectiveness as a winger too a little bit. I mean, you know, he's he can be a decent winger. He can put the puck in the net, but – he, you know, for a big guy, he doesn't play an overly physical game. Let's face it. Um, Seemed like he used to. I remember some pretty good butt checks back in the day, but it has yeah, kind of tailed I off. Think he got hit in the head a couple times. That's maybe backed him off a little bit, which you know I can understand. But um, oh, there's Pierre LeBron telling you the season's starting. That's nothing. <laughs> um, are we live? No. Live? Are we? Okay. No. Um, yeah, so I thought more people – I think it was like 75-25 thought he should be a defenseman. I thought it might be a little bit closer to 50-50. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the one that really got me, of course, was the reevaluation of bringing Eric Carlson to the Sharks. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's no secret, not the biggest Eric Carlson fan. Comes off, as, okay. <laughs> comes off as a bit of a diva to me. I'd like to right, see right. – you know, I see a lot of times he tries to – make those passes just, you know, I understand he's trying to drive the play, but you see these cross slot passes where no one's home. I don't know what he's thinking sometimes. Yeah. More of those this season for sure. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot of people tell me, well, it's far too soon to judge this whole deal. Okay. I respect that. But you know, what's your take on Carlson and when do you think it is okay to finally judge this and say, okay, this was a home run, it was a solid double, it was a strikeout when it comes to this deal. Well, are we judging the trade or the extension? Uh, well, I, hmm, that's, a, that's a great point. I, I would probably say the extension because you're making him the highest paid defenseman in the league. Right. And look at all the money that you've got on that blue line. You weren't able to move out Burns or Vlasic. So. Yeah. yeah, you know, the trade at the time – I think everybody thought it was a good deal. And, you know, I've said this so many times, and I, I did a radio interview with the St. Louis station today, as a matter of fact, and if Eric Carlson was healthy last season, the Sharks could have won the Stanley Cup. I mean, the way he played that six-week stretch 
between, you know, the late November and first hurting his groin in January was, you know, that, that's the, I, the, in nine seasons here, I've never seen a player play at that level for the Sharks. I mean, he was, as far as I was concerned, he was, he could have been on his way to another Norris trophy had he kept that up. But then the groin injuries hit, right? And he was never the same. And, and the Sharks obviously lost the Blues. And, you know, the fact that he wasn't 100% was a big part of that reason. So, you know, had they won the Stanley Cup, obviously everyone's – no one's no one would ever uh, say that was a bad deal. Of course. Um, but, um, you know, they didn't. And, you know, they signed him the extension. And um, – it was a lot of money. And, you know, I remember we, we did a, we did a thing on our website where we asked all 30, 31 of our, of our beat writers to weigh in on whether they thought Eric Carlson was a possibility for their team. And almost everyone said no, that it just didn't make sense for their team to bring in Eric Carlson. So, you know, did, did, could Doug Wilson have waited this out? Um, had he, could he have given him maybe a five-year, $50 million deal on, on July 4th or July 5th or something instead? You know, we don't know the answer to that. We can only speculate, but I don't think there were going to be a lot of teams that were, there certainly, I don't think we're going to be any teams willing to give them what the Sharks gave them. And, and, and the way it was framed a little bit from the Sharks was that Doug Wilson, you know, gave him his word when they made the trade that he would offer him this sort of deal. And, you know, you wonder how much that played into it was, was, and, and Eric even said at the time was that the shark street stayed true to their words and they, they, um, they did everything they said they were going to do and they offered him all this money. I, I don't think there's, I don't think he would have gotten $90 million from anyone else around the league. And, you know, from the shark's perspective, they maybe have to overpay because of the California taxes and all that. But the extension doesn't look very good right now. Bottom line, the trade doesn't look very good and the extension doesn't look very good. And, um, you know, only the sharks are privy to his medical records. And that's where I would be concerned first and foremost is this guy came off groin surgery. You know, he has the reputation of maybe coming to camp and trying to play himself into shape, which is going to be a problem for a guy that's now on the other side of 30 years old. So, you know, he's going to have it to maybe change his training routine in the summer. And then there are the dressing room questions, and they are valid questions. As much as many people don't want to hear them, there there are some valid concerns there, which you know we got into a little bit in the piece. Yeah, I remember Brian Burke uh, talking on Sirius NHL mm-hmm. and saying that you know he's heard from people that said that there might have been a little bit of a rub the wrong way with some of the guys that you know the, there were guys that made financial or term sacrifice or whatever. They had sacrifice for the betterment of the team, whereas Kane and Carlson walk in and essentially get everything they want off the hop yep. and maybe rubbed people the wrong way. And, it's, and Burke also mentioned the fact that letting go of your captain maybe doesn't sit well with the guys. And now correct me if I'm wrong, too. I just want to go back to the Carlson thing for a second uh, with the contract. The Sharks were the only ones that could also offer him an eighth year, correct? That's true, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Back to what I've heard. Yeah. So that's a good point. I mean, no, obviously, no one could have offered a million. But but would it, would any would there have been a team out there that would have offered him seven seven years and eighty million? I mean, yeah. The point remains. I don't think that was the case either. No. But uh, yeah. To get back to your points, though, I mean, what Burke was saying, and I believe was it John Scott in the piece, kind of did not have the best words about Carlson. Yeah, I mean, John Scott went on his podcast and, and he said that he had dinner with the Sharks. I believe it was when they were in Detroit right around New Year's Eve. 
And well, that was a great game. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and listen, you can't – John Scott is friends with these guys. We all saw what happened at the All-Star game when John Scott won MVP with Pav and, and, and uh, Burns there. And, you know, he loves Jumbo. Yep. And he loves Patty Marlowe. And he loves Vlasic. You know, those guys are all close. And, and um, you know, I don't know if John thought that maybe no one was going to listen to his, that podcast or it wasn't going to get out. And, um, you know, I, I – it's what he says is not something that can be ignored bottom line yeah and, and again and it's in line with other stuff that you know there's there's chatter about that sort of stuff too yeah exactly well and i remember being at a uh, a captain's ice or maybe it was one of the first training camp games uh at the beginning of this season and they they all seemed, uh, or I should say, Carlson seemed a little more excited about showing off his new like two hundred eighty thousand dollar Ferrari. <laughs> to, to, the guys were literally streaming out in droves to see this new car, and it's like. I think I would do the same thing if I bought a two hundred eighty thousand dollar car, though. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I don't know all, all my social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but. It, and listen, it's not. I don't think it's fair to point the finger strictly at Eric Carlson for the team's dressing room issues, but they were there this season. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I've heard from multiple, multiple people that, you know, I had I had someone tell me they've never heard so much bickering on the bench. Really? Someone that that's this is someone that is is not. How should I put this? This is a league source. This isn't a shark source. This is a league source who told me they've never heard so much bickering on a bench as they heard when when um, when they were around the sharks for their games. That was a first, in the first half of the season, but you know you could see it from even from the press box. Sometimes these guys just weren't all on the same page. And Bob Bugner's alluded to it, and um, you know he said one of his the team you know. He said the team when he took over was not as cohesive as he thought they should have been, and that was something they worked on the second half. And listen, this isn't something that I think is 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 can't be fixed. You know, you're, I mean, Christ, we're adults here, right? They should all be able to get into a room and figure this out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, but you know, take, taking Pavelski out and 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 giving Kane and Carlson all that money did it rub some guys the wrong way? No doubt. See, I just look at a couple times this season, I'm sure you probably saw it as well, where either uh, Kane had some sort of confrontation with somebody or Carlson was being challenged and you didn't see the rest of the guys kind of stand up for the guy, you know? Yeah, that happened, yeah, that happened multiple times, uh, whether it was Carlson and Hoffman in Florida or, you know, Kane. And, and then that same game, Kane being upset that he got run and nobody came to his aid and, and, and you know, saying that publicly was, was telling. Um, so, you know, and the results on the ice, they speak for themselves when, you're, you know, this team still finished last place in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, you know, we all saw what happened in game seven of the Vegas series last year when guys want to play for other guys on the team. Mm -hmm. We didn't see that at all this year. And, and, you know, in a league where there's so much parody and, and um, you know, there are so many, again, it's just it, when there's parody in the league that you got to find that little extra gear. And, and this was a team that, that where that was missing this season. Yeah. Well, it, I, go back to that Washington game as well. Is that the one where, uh, you know, they gave up 
an empty net goal when they had the lead. <laughs> like two yeah, minutes I've seen that more just on, you know, some shitty goals that went in. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That was that game was more on Martin Jones, I think, than anyone. Uh, I remember Brent, I think it was Barkley Goodrow couldn't get a clear. And then, yeah. you know, the overtime goal. I mean, you go back and look at that. Martin Jones was just, I mean, it was, he was gone at that point. See, now, do you think, I, I mean, I don't know if Wilson's going to, go for somebody when once everything resumes but what I mean Jones this is not a tradable contract how do you no. solve this I mean did you hope Nabby works miracles or yeah you know the, the one the one Martin Jones uh aspect of his game that that I think and this was interesting because I didn't and I didn't uh, realize this until I was talking to him about it but he said you know, he said to me, I've played a lot of games in the last two years or whatever it was, four years. And, you know, if you go back, he had played more games than any other NHL goaltender over, I think it was the four-year span since he, since he got here. And the other goalies in that were, I believe, Braden Holtby and Pekka Rene. And those guys didn't have very good years either. Yeah. So, you know, maybe there really is something to be, something to be said about overworking a goalie, playing him too much. Um, maybe he was just fatigued. Maybe he needed that break. And he did play well going into the shutdown. Uh, those those last, uh, you know, he had that shutout, I think it was in Minnesota. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, his numbers from that point over the final month were were pretty good. So, you know, I think they're hopeful that he can come back and, and kind of reestablish himself. But at the same time, I think, you you know, Martin Jones and Aaron Dell right now have combined for the worst five-on-five save percentage in the NHL over the last two years. You got to make some sort of change there. Bottom line, and the change is going to be Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell won't be back here. I don't think. Uh, I would be shocked if that happened because, um, you know, Aaron Dell, for as well as he played during that little stretch, he wasn't very good over the last the last month from no. February through through March. So, you know, you got to make a change there. He's he's the free agent. Jones's contract you're stuck with. I certainly don't think you go on to, to camp with Martin Jones and then a bunch of young guys, including this Russian kid they just signed. I think you got to go out and find another experienced goalie. Uh, probably won't be the sexiest name uh, <laughs> of all time, but you maybe you sign a, sign a veteran, uh, you know, who's got some experience on some sort of a cheap, cheap-ish one-year deal. Well, it's funny because you always hear the the goalies, they come out with the cliche, or even you'll see some of the coaches, oh, well, you know, the more workload they get, they, you know, they tend to play better or whatever. And it's like, yeah, the numbers really don't bear that out sometimes. And yeah, I remember Nabokov having one of his best seasons when he played his least amount of games. So yeah, especially the way the league's been trending lately, you know, every team is, is seems to be putting a premium on finding a, a very good backup just because, you know, the it's such a fickle position. You never know. Even the best goalies in the world can can have down seasons. Uh, yeah, maybe it's it's the it's evolving that you have to have a solid tandem. Was Dallas ahead of the curve with Niemi and Letnin? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and we keep hearing different things, you know, from the NHL regarding resuming this season. Do you think there's any way we see a 2020 Cup winner? I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not counting it out yet. Um, you know, who knows? I'm not a scientist. I'm not an epidemiologist. I mean, you know, this thing still seems like it can go so many different ways. Um, obviously, there's incentive for the league to get it done. Yeah. Um, and for the players, too, you know, the money-wise and the hockey-related hockey revenue and all that. Um, so, 
you know, it's what's today, May 5th. I mean, let's see where we are in a month. Um, maybe they have some sort of an August, September playoff and then start the season in November, December, whatever it is. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not shutting the door on it yet, but I don't, you know, I don't think anybody really knows, obviously, including everybody at the league. Well, well, John Scott acted like he knew on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. He said something about yeah. June 1st and I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's, I'm not following John Scott's Twitter for the breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, not that the guy's not connected. Uh, maybe he heard yeah. something and misunderstood it. But um, you know, I'm, uh, Pierre LeBron is obviously our guy at the Athletic, who's all over it. You know, almost at the time that it happened. So, well, um, well, and then you talk about the Athletic, and so you know, I'm a subscriber, obviously. And one of the things that was, I guess, kind of put forth as a uh, just a, a reason to go with it, it because a lot of people, you know, everybody goes, wait a minute, you want me to pay for things that were free before and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that was kind of a benefit that was sold to uh, people. And so far I found it to be absolutely true is that the level of discourse in the chat is <laughs> yeah. far better <laughs> than, on, than on anything else. But I know that you also have to deal with knuckleheads on Twitter and you have far more patience than I do in that regard. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah how do you deal with all that <laughs> I mean, because you get i mean you have to write so many articles a time and just everybody of course wants to put in their two cents and tell you how wrong you are <laughs> yeah 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 i mean and, and our comment section is pretty good i try to i try to get in there and and uh and and reply to to, to any stuff that people may have um yeah twitter whatever I, it's easy to ignore twitter if you just turn off the notifications yeah no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are passionate, which is fine. Just keep it respectable. It's the only thing. That's you know, Twitter's kind of a cesspool of society in general. So, I think you can say that about almost all forms of social media. Speaking yeah, of but which, especially when you can hide behind an anonymous. Yes. You know, uh, you know whether you're fake this or fake that, or or using a egg as a <laughs> avatar, yeah. right? Yeah. Or one of twenty burner accounts that you have, yeah, yeah, absolutely. it's amazing what people want, can can want to write when they don't use their name or their picture. But mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I what you're saying is we're not going to see you on TikTok anytime soon. I guess is yeah, I'm not even quite sure what that is. <laughs> Do you remember Vine? Yeah, I liked Vine. Vine could be funny. Uh, it's basically the same thing, just longer videos. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing your thoughts. Um, obviously, you can find Kevin's articles on theathletic.com or their app and find Kevin, if, if he'll have you, on Twitter at KKurz NHL. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, right. Thanks, AJ.